All right, we're recording. Oh, I'm still yawning. <laughs> Listeners, it is 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so I get so we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to season five. Just kidding. <laughs> I guess I'll explain what we're doing. So obviously everything is terrible and the world is ending. We figured since everyone is in quarantine right now, you know, there's there can never be enough things to read and listen and watch and such. So we figured, why not just do some episodes um, and have a have a little bit of fun? And I guess we're going to try and stay away from, like, real-world sad things, I guess. We haven't discussed this, but I'm saying it now. We don't want you to come to this podcast just to hear, like, another person died, you know? Yeah. I mean, unless... If, if, like, if, like, Leah Michelle gets corona, like, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> well, yeah, because that'll be a huge news story. Yeah. She's quarantined with her mom, so she should be fine, but... Is her fiancé there? Not her that husband? I know of. I think it's just the two of them. Wow. Wow. And, by the way, she only started quarantining a couple, like, days ago. Oh, good. Anyway, so we're coming to you every week? Yeah. Until the, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Until things are different. Yeah. With these like mini episodes, sort of like one last thing, which you're used to at the end of our weeks. And sort of like, I'm sure none of you remember this, but we did something between season one and season two called Snacks. Oh my God, I forgot about those. Yeah. So this is like that. Go back and listen to those. Go back and listen to every episode. Get us more (laughs) listens. It was on our list of things to do during quarantine that we released to Patreon subscribers. That's true. So we made a list today. And by we, I mean, I said we should make a list and Jay made the list. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Of things to talk about today so that we stay a little on track. Yeah. So first is sort of the obvious, I'm sure everyone expects us, or I don't know if people expect us to talk about it. I guess it is. Anyway, it's Tiger King. (laughs) but it's like the thing to talk about yeah so listeners for backstory i was i reached out to jay and was like everybody's talking about tiger king and this was before quarantine i think or it was like right as soon as it was starting and i was like everybody's talking about tiger king i don't i'm like the hype is too big i don't want to watch it and you were like i feel the exact same way and then quarantine hit <laughs> and I seemingly like went through all of Netflix very quickly <laughs> <laughs> and then was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm going to start Tiger King and see if I like it. And then I binged the whole thing in a day. Oh, whoa. Wait, um, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I started out being with you like, oh, okay, yeah, I see why this is interesting to being like, yeah, you, you have to watch it. And then you did yeah, I did. And honestly, I've been thinking about it. And the more time passes, the more I hate it and wish I hadn't watched it. <laughs> I think that I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think that that's true. What I think is true is that the hype is now like out of control. And it's not like the product is not worth the extended hype. It's definitely not worth the hype. I think also, I just thought it was like, Sloppy. I mean, I, it, yeah, it's sloppy. It doesn't have any sort of like organization in it. 
it's just like here's this and now here's this and now here's an episode about the woman killing her husband and like whatever and also i didn't like anyone in it i thought there were no redeeming characteristics of anyone oh that's super valid i thought that it was really interesting because not interesting in a good way necessarily but like that it was like okay here's an episode and we're going to do all of our stuff about them being a cult in one episode and then we're going to do all of our stuff about like her killing the husband in this episode and then like everything was very themed episodically instead of what i assume every other docuseries is like that it's more timeline based and so like throughout it i was like i'm i actually am confused as to where we are in the story and what's going on exactly <laughs> but, yeah but i'm so wildly entertained by the rest of it that i don't care <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, and the the redeeming characters <laughs> I, they're just like, were none. Yeah. And, and I liked it. It was the first time that I, that I think I realized why people must like reality TV. Like, I, I know that this is like a documentary, but like, I was watching it being like, wow, I'm a lot better than these people. And like, how do (laughs) these people like exist in the world? Like as humans. Yeah. And that was like, so thrilling for me. (laughs) Because I was like, I, I've never, I've never necessarily experienced that. Because when I watch reality TV, I'm like, they signed up for this, like they're creating these situations, blah blah blah, and like the show is just capturing what happens in their daily life. That's true. Did you hear though? I think this is important for us to know, at least, about the misgender, yeah, or, or like person. I did, yeah. I, I I, did you hear me start to say character? Yes. <laughs> I saw a tweet about it before I started the show, so I knew watching the show. I mean, what I will say is that it, there's only, since I was, like, watching for it. Oh, for people who don't know, if you've watched it, the character with one arm, the character, the person with one arm, um, <laughs> who gets in the, like, tiger mauling accident, is a trans man who the show the whole time refers to as a woman and uses his dead name, which we won't say here because we are respectful, mm-hmm. but his name is Saf, right? Oh, I th- yeah. I thought it, for some reason I thought it was staff, but <laughs> it's a staff or, but staff makes a lot more uh, sense. Yeah. <laughs> but what I will say like to the documentarians credit is that there's only one time where they use she her about him and it's the people on the farm when his arm gets ripped off and they're like is she okay is she breathing oh and there's no other time where people are talking about him interesting there was a hold on let me read you the the quote that i found when prepping for this for this recording session wow apparently a, a lot of people misgendered staff at the zoo because patrons would and so instead of like correcting the people that were coming it just like became normal to misgender but staff has like spoken out about it too so i'm like i think this was like a weird combination of the editors and the actual like people the editors and the directors could have not used his dead name you know like could have just said sa i think his i think his name was like saf safari or something so they could have just said saf safari even though that's 
a wacky name. Um, but I guess Sa- Joey's, Sa- Joey's Sa- get me that lion cub or the tiger <laughs> cub. I thought that that, char- that that character, oh my God, that Saf was an interesting character to have around, however, not, oh, I don't know the word, but like not immune to the craziness of Tiger King because totally. of when, what, like what happened with the mauling. And it's, it's the only thing that I really want to choose as like my talking point for the show, because it'll, I, I think lead into something about you that you'll probably take. But I thought it was crazy that, you know, in the hospital, they're like, this is the situation. And she's like, for the good of the company, it's better for me to just get back to work. He. Right. Yes. Sorry. We literally just talked about that. (laughs) And that that was the, like, path that was chosen. Yeah. Yes. I, I was like, this boggles my mind. And it, like, brought me, it, like, wrapped it back around to the earlier episode with the woman that had, like, quote, unquote, like, escaped. Yeah. Who was like, I, like, don't remember... I, she was like, I don't remember saying no to the boob job, but, but or no, I did. I don't remember saying yes to the boob job, but I definitely didn't say no. And about how she did it because she needed the four days of rest in the hospital bed. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know. Like, you, like I hear about these things, and like I watched American Horror Story cult. Like, like I and I I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not a cult expert, but I didn't know that it's like literally like that. Well, I am a cult expert. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just like that. It's not that it's like that, but that it's like not like a huge, like I'm a big cult, like a, uh, like a racial cult or something like that. Yeah. Uh, That it was like as small as just like these people that are just like living in a town. Yeah. I mean, I read a lot about cults and I watch cult documentaries and stuff and so, so it wasn't really that surprising to me because all you really need is like a charismatic, usually man, sometimes woman, um, never non-binary person. All you really need is like a charismatic, quote unquote, leader and people who are like susceptible and stuff like that happens. I'm not, okay, it sounds like I'm saying like these people are asking for it, but I'm all I'm saying is like for a situation like that, you need someone charismatic and people who can't resist the charisma and the person who is charismatic is way more at fault but you need both kinds of people does that make sense yeah so what's the difference between that dynamic and say like i don't know so like uh person a is a like professor at a university who's teaching like philosophy and then also a same question to like somebody like Ellen DeGeneres or somebody that like has that sort of dynamic like what like what does that mean for that for those situations I have no idea what you're asking (laughs) like like everything that you described is kind of like what you would imagine the audience of a daytime talk show being somebody very charismatic with like a lot of moral viewpoints that they're trying to get across to a very large audience with like people that are like open and willing to listen to what this specific person says and then like take that into the rest of their life i'm like that so i'm like oh like i'm seeing a lot of similarities between these two things but like what dictates that as a cult and this as just like a daytime tv 
talk show host. I think, and this is also like, listeners, I did not like go to school for cult study, but (laughs) I've read enough books. I think the difference is that someone like Ellen DeGeneres is not asking anything of her followers. Mm, Okay. For the Tiger King people, all of them, the three very charismatic cult leader figures were asking for like free or very cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And even like someone like, like, like Charles Manson, he asked his followers to kill people. And so, but Ellen DeGeneres isn't out here being like, all right, everyone pledge your undying loyalty to me and go do this for me, you know? Yeah, gotcha. And when she it's does, a, it's, a, it's, it's a little more than a fine line, but it's, but, but it's a slim one. i mean listen that all that stuff with ellen degeneres being evil did go viral this week yeah dad i saw that we're always ahead of the curve we really are i didn't mean to turn this into a big cult conversation but when you said that i was like oh wait i'm confused now but i i think if if we were not in quarantine i maybe wouldn't have liked it or anything like that but it was just kind of like the perfect show yeah, I I agree. I think quarantine really is what's making it such a big deal because it's just a perfect way to just waste an entire day. Yeah. And not and I have do, to think about other things. Yeah. And I think that it like what would happen in in real life, I would like say I would watch something and then go to my friends and be like, Hey, you guys should watch it and then five of them will forget about it. Two of them maybe add it to their list and don't watch it. Maybe one does. But in this case, somebody's like, oh, my God, I watched Tiger King. You should watch it. And the other person's like, well, I'm not doing anything else. Totally. So I guess I'll watch it. And then it just, like, keeps going because no one's doing anything. What I will say is that my least favorite reaction to Tiger King is all the people being like, Joe Exotic is innocent. Free Joe Exotic. Like, he's the most amazing. Like, everyone loves him. Mm -hmm. Which I think is just sort of missing the point of the documentary which is that he is a bad person okay so there's a lot of talk about like the filmmakers sensationalizing a lot of the things that are that happen and i think that they and i we talked about this a little bit i think that they didn't do their job correctly and it worked in their favor that like they set out a movie to make a documentary about dangers of those situations and like the animal cruelty and stuff like that and then they just like stumbled upon all of these people that are like huge characters right and they were like well now we have to just make it about them because their decisions and their personalities are out of control and they like tried to make a movie about both and it like didn't super work (laughs) oh my gosh wait i forgot what i was talking about (laughs) (laughs) i got so wrapped up in that thought you were talking about how they set out to make one documentary and then they made another. Oh, with people being, like, awful. I think at the end of it, when that was the movie that was made, they kind of, ha- like, did put everybody across the board into a really bad light. Where even, okay, okay, take out the stuff about her killing her husband. Because <laughs> she did. Um, and that's just what I believe. Well, like, take that out. There's nothing really, like, you never see her be dangerous. You see her, like, be weird. And she does do some really horrible things. But, like, especially towards the beginning of 
the docuseries, it's like geared to teach you like how shitty Joe Exotic is to Carol for no reason. Right. Like with with all of the like blow up doll stuff and the snakes in the mailbox and like yeah. all like all of that stuff. I was like, okay, so they took the person that they could have put into a really nice light and been like the hero of their animal cruelty documentary. Um, not saying she's the epitome of of that, but like she's definitely the best one. And they trashed her as well. So I think it just like was very messy. And I think people have a right to say that it's sensationalized, but also that's what we like about it. <laughs> I saw this t-shirt that was like in a world full of Carol Baskins be a Joe Exotic. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, I was like, first of all, what? He's <laughs> Second in jail. Of all, yeah, he's in jail. He's a bad person. And I also, do like, think that he should not be in jail, but... You think he shouldn't uh, be in jail? No. Why not? I do think that them raising red flags with the things that he was saying were true. And I do think that all of the other crimes that he committed should have led him to probably the same fate. But I think that with what they showed, I think he was edged on a little more than the courts found him to be. When you listen to phone calls and, and stuff, I'm like, if these conversations didn't happen, they would never have happened. And they only happened because you made them happen. Uh, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it did. Somehow okay. it did. <laughs> like, like, he never would have actively sought out someone to do those things and like then came up with all of all of the money and not just like a little deposit i mean it was like a expensive deposit but um and he had millions of dollars but i don't think that he actually would have thought to go through with it i think he just would have like been an angry white guy like stomping around yeah so on that account i don't know but as the end of the docuseries showed, it looked like he was in a lot of other problems as well. Yeah. And I do think that he, I mean, if if just what they found of him, like, doing the, whatever they were, he was doing with the Cubs, like the right. buying and selling Cubs or whatever, if that is also what led him to being in jail, then, like, yeah, sure, he should be in jail. But, like, not for the murder for hire. Okay, that's fair. Do we have anything else to say about it? I, I don't think so. You were making a point. Oh, was I? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I was just saying about that t-shirt that I can't get over. I can't get over that t-shirt. Oh, uh, yeah. If you came out of that documentary thinking, I want to be like Joe Exotic, you watched it incorrectly. Yeah. It, you simply because did. Even if you were, I mean, I guess I can see people being like, he's such a carefree, does whatever he wants kind of guy. And I'm like, uh, to an extent i'm like okay yeah but at the same time he's not carefree he has a million cares um and <laughs> to the point that he literally ran for president and then yeah. was like well when i lost i then just ran for governor instead <laughs> like that's not a person who's like laid back and just like does whatever he wants and goes with the flow yeah no you're don't, right don't be a joe exotic don't be any of them honestly if you're going to be any of them, be his current husband, because he seems very sweet. Yeah, he does. Or just be yourself. <laughs> That's my message. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>
Okay, so okay. what was next on the list? So next on the list is a th- something for me to talk about. Uh, so One Day at a Time is back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep getting um, commercials for it. Yeah. So it's on Pop TV. It was on Netflix. And only two episodes have aired so far. But they've been... I, I, I think what's happening is they're just as good. I'm just getting tired of their shtick. Oh, okay. You know? Because, mm-hmm. first of all, I have... This is the fourth season, and I have suffered for three seasons through a laugh track, which I fucking hate. Laugh tracks drive me insane. I had to stop. There are a lot of shows I've had to stop because they had laugh tracks. So I've, I've suffered through the laugh track, and it I feel like it's just louder on pop TV or something because it's way more noticeable. And it just, it makes my skin crawl. Because I don't like being told when to laugh. Yeah. Or, like, what reaction to have. Yeah. Like, there's a part at the end of episode one where the son, the last moment of the episode is him being like, I have a girlfriend. And the audience goes, (gasps) and I was like, first of all, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, I don't want to be told that that's a dramatic moment. I just want it to be a dramatic moment. Laugh tracks to me are very similar to, get ready for this, um, laugh tracks to me are a lot like CG. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but because when when you have a laugh, tra- or when you don't have a laugh track and you do have a live audience, it you can feel it. Like it adds something to the show and the reactions, like you can tell, like, go through the scene and, like, carry the actors in, like, a really great way, which is, like, what that style was, like, invented for. Um, And when you have a laugh track, it's just, like, an automated version of that. And I don't understand why people think that that is better when you're, like, creatively putting it together. In the same way where, like, with CG, I'm, like, when you have a, a, like, literal scary monster from the visual effects team or from the props team and everything like that versus something that's, like, cg and looks bad that was put in afterwards i'm like i don't get why you think that that's scary okay yeah i can see that i don't get it i do get it for like editing purposes if you need to like adjust it so so it's easier to just make one of the laughs fake but to like film a whole show like that is so weird yeah setting that aside the show is like still really good and still like super on top of its game but it's having trouble finding new plot lines and because now it's like it's four seasons in the daughter is about to go to college and they sort of they don't the big problem with it i think is that they don't want to break up the daughter and her partner mm-hmm. but i feel like there would be a lot more interesting stories if the daughter was like a single lesbian in high school and instead right. she's she's going through like high school love and like they have sex for the first time. That was last season, not this season. And, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel bad being like, it sucks, because it doesn't suck. It's a really good show. And I highly recommend it, because it's a good quarantine watch, because you you can just sort of, like, stare at it, you know? Like, as much as I love it, it's not the most intellectually stimulating show. <laughs> it's not, It's not like, it's not 30 Rock. The jokes don't really require much thinking about. But, yeah, I just wanted to mention that it's back, and people should check it out. We don't want it to get canceled again because it's really, I hate being like, you should watch it because it's an important show, but it is an important show. So you should watch it. (laughs) I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that it does well because Schitt's Creek is leaving so pop. So one day at a time might be their like biggest 
quote unquote like original show. So I'm hoping that they like put the money into it that was not put into it at the streaming service that we talked about earlier in the episode. Uh huh. <laughs> Spent they all do. Them. They do actually make a really good joke about that right at the beginning of the first episode. Uh, um, I saw that. Yeah, it's really good. I laughed pretty hard. If you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, just go watch the scene because it's actually very cute. Yeah. You can just like YouTube it. <laughs> and the <laughs> no. first episode is available on Pop TV for free. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. For the rest of them, oh, you have well. to have a TV provider. Well, now there's no excuse. You can just go watch the first episode. Exactly. And just be like, okay. Great. That's all I had to say about that. Next is your docuseries you want to talk about. Oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, I'm seemingly the only person in the world watching this documentary (laughs) Um, or this docuseries. It's called The Case of Gabriel Fernandez. It's a docuseries following this case from 2013 of child abuse. And I don't want to go into like the plot line and turn this episode into something super sad and whatever. But it is truly haunting the things that happened to this kid. The reason that I think that the docuseries is actually super interesting is because it's kind of not about that. For anybody that doesn't know what it is, it's it's about this boy who is abused and killed by his parents for being gay. Which, like, is a very strong thing to make a docuseries about. And yet, somehow, it's not about that at all. It, the docuseries focuses on like like in the I'd say the first half of the first episode of seven they're like okay yeah he, like he was abused and the uh, and the kid died and then they're like okay and then what happened and it's all kind of this aftermath stuff of like the case is happening while the series is being filmed they're all like why did all of the social workers that were checking up on him leave him with the parents and not like remove him from his situation why did they say that he was okay why did the like various police officers that saw him over six months not say anything what happened with the teacher like all of these things and they try to like mend the system so that it doesn't happen again and i'm like oh that's such an interesting way to like tell this story as opposed to the more like traumatic side of it and i'm super into it that's interesting what I thought it was was just, like, all about the abuse leading up to him dying. So the thing is, is that it's, like, that is, I, I mean, they don't shy away from it. It is mentioned in graphic detail. There's, like, video footage. There's photographs. There's, like, a lot of really terrible things that they show you. But all of it is to be, like, these things were visibly seen on his body, and the social worker looked at him and said that this kid is in a safe environment. So it's like, not like, oh my gosh, like cry, 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 this happened to a child. It's like, look at how extreme the situation was. How could you ignore it? Interesting. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I expected it to just be like, well, this isn't a thing that people should do, everybody. And instead it's something a little different. It's like an indictment uh, of the system. Yeah, and and almost every, because the case is currently happening, all the witnesses are like gathered and like prepped and ready to talk about these things. So they have like the nurses that were in the hospital when he was brought in. They have like everybody that he, that boy interacted with is like in the show. Oh, interesting. You find out like all of the weird ways that it affected people's lives. Like 
when the case was happening and the social workers were questioned, they were questioned by like, I want to say maybe like an FBI person. And he was like, well, the social workers aren't doing really well and or didn't do that really well. And, you know, neither did the police. So he like put file or like put charges on all of them. And then like the whole LA like police, all of the units like turned against him and started threatening his wife and his kids and like all of this stuff. And it's all like trickling back down to this one child abuse case. And it's like so weird and interesting. Wait, why did the LAPD do that? Because they were like, he's gonna, so he, so they felt threatened that they would lose their job, that their name would get put in the papers with this child abuse case and that they, they would essentially like go down as well, which I mean, I I haven't finished. I'm on the finale as of right now uh, when we recorded this. And they're still trying to figure out if the social workers and the police and all, all of the people attached to the case while it was happening are negligible, even though they did none of the harm. It's very interesting. You mean negligent? Negligent. Yes. What's negligible? Means doesn't matter. Uh, or like can be ignored. Yes, the negligent. So if you are someone who is able to sit through something of that nature, I think it's a very interesting watch. Oh, 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 I forgot the most important part. We actually don't know if the kid was gay. Oh, whoa, there's, what? There's no proof at all. It was so the kid was born and the mom didn't want him and like fully left him at the hospital and was leaving him to her uncle. And the uncle came to the hospital and picked the the Gabriel up. And the uncle took him home to live with him and his partner. And his gay partner? Yeah. Okay. And he was raised by him and his partner until he was like six or seven. And then he went to go live with his grandparents, who then became like they don't go into it, but it seems to be like some sort of financial situation where they were unable to care for the kid. And then the kid goes back to the mom. And because the mom and her boyfriend were a homophobic, Gabriel was apparently like a softer kid. And they were like, you're a softer kid. You were raised by a gay couple. You must be gay. And they like just torture him for it. And everybody is like, we have no idea if he was gay or not. Like, there's no thing about it. They just kept, like, the parents would call him gay all the time. It was, like, such a weird thing on it because I was like, oh, the basis for what this whole docuseries is about is actually, like, not even true. Anyway. He was, like, eight, though, right? Yeah. Most people don't know at that age what their sexuality is. Yeah. No. I mean, I did have, like, a pair of ruby slippers when I was six. Yeah, so, like... like there are indicators, but most <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most people aren't like I'm out and proud. Yeah, and especially when you're in that sort of situation, like yeah, uh, yeah. There's no, there's no way to know. Anyway, now that we've right. talked about three Netflix shows, <laughs> yeah. Well, our last thing is not even a show; it's a book. Yes. So, on the list, it says I can talk about the book I just read, which I'm going to do now. It's called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evangelisto. Um, oh, which the last name. I know. I was like, kind of sounds like a drag queen's name. Well, we have the House of Evangelista. Oh, right. 
That's why I thought Jay. it sounded like a drag queen's name. Oh my god. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> Wait, let me look her up again. Oops, it's not Evangelisto, it's Evaristo. <laughs> that would be I think I was just thinking of House Evangelista. <laughs> Maybe. Oops. So she's this black British woman and she's written eight books, but this is the one that won uh, the the Booker Prize and also was one of Barack Obama's favorite books of 2019. So that's high praise. Basically, it's one of those books where each chapter is a different character. Mm-hmm. It's broken up into five chapters in an epilogue and each chapter is three different parts. Okay. Or no, the first four are three different parts and then the fifth is one part and then the sixth is an epilogue. Anyway, that doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, But each part of each chapter is a different character. And uh, in each chapter, the three characters who talk are like related and in the same story. And then the next chapter is like a new story with three people. Gotcha. Okay. But then as it goes on, you sort of realize that all the stories are connected, which is spoiler. Oops. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, But some of them are connected in small ways. Some of them are connected in big ways. And then in the last chapter, all the characters meet. It's like the circle. (laughs) It's like the circle. Not all of them, but most of them. So Um, it's like, um, oh, what's that movie? Uh, Crazy Stupid Love. It is exactly like Crazy Stupid Love, except Amazing. it's all women and they're all black. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love so that. it's a much better Crazy Stupid Love. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because a bunch of the women are lesbians and one of them is non-binary. So I guess that person's oh. not a woman. I, there, are, there are two lesbians there's one woman who is maybe bisexual, but because she's like married to a man, but in love with a woman. And then there's one non-binary person who is a social media influencer. So I felt very represented. <laughs> wow. I read it in like a week, reading a chapter a day, or sometimes two chapters a day. It's sort of a look at a community that I'm not part of that I thought was really interesting. Because I don't know anything about London, first of all. <laughs> Well, I love Harry Potter. That's true. That doesn't take place in London, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. It well, takes place part, parts of it. It's not all at Hogwarts? No. Uh, oh, well. But yeah, it's like, I don't know anything about London. I'm not black. I'm not middle-aged, which most, which most of them are. I don't have three million followers on Twitter. So it was just like a really cool sort of like glimpse into other people's minds, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's a uh, if I uh, if it's not something I'm not adding to my list. But if I was reading anything during this quarantine period, I would definitely be putting it on my list. So you're not not adding it to your list, but you are adding it to your list. Yes. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Only because I've been doing so many audiobooks recently, and it's hard for me to like lay in bed and just listen to an audiobook. Yeah. I usually have to be like doing things. But there's yeah, nothing to do. <laughs> I, listen, I hear you. so i've so i've kind of put off audiobooks and stuff yeah that makes sense so i'm like oh i would but i'm not (laughs) i will say i found it very nice to go on a walk and listen to a podcast oh like one more thing yeah exactly like one more thing except i'm not just listening to my own voice while i walk 
I guess we will talk to everybody again next Friday. Yeah. Friday the... Ninth. Uh, yeah, the ninth. Uh, for another quarantine edition of One More Thing. I, I, I guess we will try to keep these as exciting as possible. Yeah. We'll try and, like, consume a bunch of stuff so we can talk about it. Yeah, I'm already, I already have a list of things that I want to talk about next week. Oh my gosh, okay, so actually, this will be super fun. I'm going to watch, between now and next week, the Trixie Mattel documentary. It got released, and apparently in it, it covers Katya's whole fight with mental issues. Oh. And, like, her leaving the show and all of that stuff. And so I'm like, oh... I really want to watch it and talk about it. So if you're going to be listening next week, go ahead and watch it and I'll talk about it. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, that's nice. And we should say, as usual, if you want to support us, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash one more thing. We also have a PayPal if you want to make a one-time donation to two unemployed (laughs) (laughs) quarantined children. Um, (laughs) And the PayPal is just one more thing. We will be bringing you season five, I guess, whenever this whole thing kind of stops. It definitely put a dent in our plans or not. I wouldn't say our plans, but like our usual schedule of seasons. But I hope that this suffices in the meantime. And listen, tell us if you've watched or read any of this stuff and you want to talk about it because we need people to talk to you. God knows. All right. Well, I, I mean, I'll talk to you soon but i will talk to you professionally in a week all right all right bye bye